0: Listen up, hockey and sports fans. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Drop the Puck Podcast. The latest news and information around the NHL. With your hosts, Justin Starr and Pedro Rodriguez.
1: Welcome to episode number 21 of the Drop the Puck Podcast. This is our second episode of the week. Uh, It was a big week for us, Pedro. Uh, Huge. uh, My name is Justin Starr. Always alongside me, Pedro. Uh, Yeah, so... We just dropped the one episode. We had our interview with Frank the Tank Fleming from over at Barstool Sports, part-time blogger, runs the uh, encyclopedia.com And then today, we have another special guest, a super special guest, shall I say. Uh, we have Jameson Coyle over from the NHL Network and the host of NHL Tonight over there. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I just want to say before we start, it was, you know in one week, it was in a one week span, these interviews. So uh, we're in the first week and a half of, you know, the season. So not much really changed over the, the span of the two, uh, the two interviews. Uh, so you're going to hear, you know, a lot of the same questions. We're going to break down, you know, the surprising uh, teams, the disappointing teams, but it's from a different, sp- uh, different perspective and Jameson is super well Knowledge in the sport of hockey. Uh, You'll learn, you know, how he got to be where he uh, where he is now with the NHL Network, you know, going from college student over at Syracuse University to where he is now. Uh, he was a super generous guy, super kind guy, uh, totally professional. Uh, Pedro, what do you got to say about it?
2: Yeah, that's, that's just... Get the puck rolling here. All
1: right. So, you know, yeah, uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's uh, drop the puck into the Jameson Coyle interview. Well, guys, we are here. This is our second guest of this week. It's been a huge week for the Drop the Puck podcast. Uh, Pedro, I know we, me and you have both been super excited for this one. Uh, on the line with us right now, we have Jameson Coyle from the NHL Network. Uh, he's the host of NHL Tonight. So, Jameson, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. We really appreciate it.
0: Guys, thanks for having me. Uh, super excited to be here as well, and uh, yeah, pumped pump to do this. So let's go.
1: All right, so uh, Jameson, let's get to know a little bit about you. Um, I know uh, me and Pedro both know that you, you know, went from the New England Sports Network to NHL uh, Network. Can you tell us uh, where you went to school? Um, like, did you know this is what you wanted to do from a young age? Just you know, get a, a little bit into that.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a long road uh, to get to this point, and um, I remember, you know, one of my first jobs working in Dalton, Georgia, uh, a couple weeks into it, thinking, mm-hmm, you know, did I make the right decision, uh, kind of going this path when a lot of my college roommates right out of school were making really good money in New York City and, you know, having actual nights and weekends off uh, and, and stuff like that, but I, I think I'm I'm at a point where i <laughs> I, I'm definitely glad I stuck with it because, uh, like I mentioned, you know, it's been it's been a, a pretty lengthy road, but I, I wouldn't change a thing. And it, it started, uh, you know, I guess, deciding where I wanted to go to school, Syracuse. And when I was in high school, it was either going to broadcasting routes or becoming a commercial pilot because, I don't know, I've always kind of had the itch to fly. I, I'm maybe the only person in America that likes airports and Um, I wouldn't say that I like delays, but I do like uh, multiple connections and stuff. I love takeoffs and landings. So, um, so it was kind of between that. My parents said, look, if the pilot thing doesn't work out, then you're going to school to become a pilot and you really don't have a fallback plan. Why don't you try the broadcasting thing? And if that doesn't work out, you can always go back to flight school and and kind of get your pilot's license. So um, I kind of listened to my parents and and, uh, went to Syracuse uh, university and, had, a, had four great years there. Freshman year was the uh, Carmelo Anthony run. So that was kind of a, a nice a little, little kickoff to, to, to college. Yeah, it was all downhill after that um, uh, for Syracuse and, and the Hoops team. But, you know, after four years of, of college, um, started sending out my resume tapes like um, many kids do, trying to land their first job. And I think I sent out like over 75 uh, VHS tapes. Yeah, VHS wow. tapes back in the days for you millennials out there that, that don't know what those are. Um, and I ended up getting two callbacks. One was a, a small job in Marquette, Michigan, uh, way up north in the UP. And I had heard that it was unbelievable in the summertime as far as the tourist town goes. But uh, the winters could be harsh. And, and that job was going to be a three-year news job. And I knew I wanted to do, to do sports. So I didn't really want to get locked in too much to that. And the other offer I got was uh, Dalton, Georgia, and that was a small independent station just north um, west of Atlanta a little bit. And that was also a news reporter job. But that one didn't really have any uh, constrictions as far as the contract goes, so I knew that as soon as I could, you know, get a another decent tape together and get some professional work together, that I could kind of make that next jump. So nice. from there, I stayed, yeah, I stayed in news for about three months. And again, this, you know, a couple of weeks in, I was contemplating, oh my gosh, did I, did I do the right thing? Because after attending another like town council meeting where they were deciding on whether or not to pave the sidewalks again, I was like, what am I doing with my career right now? But uh, it all, it all kind of worked out. After three months, uh, a sports position opened up, and I uh, jumped at that and um, got into the sports department. And then three months into the sports department. I um, I started sending out tapes again, and uh, a station in Terre Haute, Indiana actually came calling, so, so I went there. And actually, I went there to replace Liam McHugh, who's now doing, obviously, unbelievable stuff at NBC, and yep. is kind of the face of hockey there for, for the NHL, so that's, that's kind of a cool thing uh, for that small station in Terre Haute. And then I stayed in Terre Haute, uh, Indiana, for a couple of years, and then went to Wichita, Kansas, And from Wichita, Kansas to uh, Boston, and that was kind of, you know, a dream job for me at the time, being uh, a New England kid growing up, a Bruins fan, Patriots fan, Red Sox fan. Um, So got to go there for a couple of years, and then, uh, you know, the phone rang, NHL Network coming down from Toronto, and here we are today. And like I said, it's been a long road, but uh, I I wouldn't change a second of it.
1: Yeah, that's one heck of a journey um yeah didn't know you went to Syracuse so congrats on that uh college football win over Clemson
0: right that yeah was, hey, we don't to celebrate huge. too many yeah we don't celebrate too many of those these days so uh Friday nights at the dome on our turf is usually a, an upset in the making but uh like I said it's been a couple of down years I think it's been a decade of down years now for the football team but we celebrate them uh when we can they're far and few between these days absolutely and uh congrats
1: on your Patriots beating the Jets
0: uh, oh, man. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in enemy I'm in enemy territory nowadays uh, being down here kind of in the tri-state, so uh we'll keep that on the DL. Awesome. So yeah. Uh so yeah, that's enough football talk.
1: We're here for hockey. Um now <laughs> with um with working at NHL tonight and NHL Network, how is it, you know, working with, you know, Weeksy uh
0: and all those guys? Awesome. Um, and it start like, I mean, yeah, what we do is, is so cool, like on the air, but the coolest part for me, like growing up playing hockey, playing through high school, realizing that clearly I didn't have enough talent, but I thought I knew the game well is watching games with these guys or just hearing, um, like the stories from inside the dressing room from these guys, they, like I totally geek out as a hockey fan, just kind of listening to their knowledge and how, how they. You know, I thought I thought I knew the game until I came to the NHL Network and I was sitting watching um, a game one night, I forget who was playing, but with Hall of Famer Scott Stevens. And That's crazy. Just how they see the game and think the game. It's just like, you know, I felt like I was back at Mike's again, like looking up to my coaches like, where do you want me to go? What? So, yeah. Um, but we have so many talented people. You mentioned Weetzi. He's. I mean, he's absolutely the best, like he, he gets the TV aspect of it, but man, does he have the personality and the energy and the passion. And um, it's not easy to make that shine through each and every night and, and he does it. And he he's one of those guys that, I mean, you hear the cliche all the time about like some of these young, talented guys in the league, like a Conor and they raise everybody around them up, they make them better. Like he does that for us at the NHL network. And it's it's such a treat to work with him. That's awesome.
2: If you could put in a good word with Kevin Weeks, I've been trying to reach out to (laughs) Kevin Weeks about this podcast, and he does, you know, he's a busy guy, obviously, and obviously I know a former NHL goaltender, but I've been trying to get this guy on this show, and I will get him on this show. I'm just making that
0: clear. You you will get him on the show, but you'll need to work at it. This guy, he is, I have not seen him not walk into the NHL network without headphones and a phone on because he is on the phone constantly doing his due diligence, talking to GMs, talking to players, uh, you know, coaches, people overseas like that. He is just a wealth of information. He comes in, he, everybody prepares differently. And other guys, we have a research department that gives us a packet every day. He doesn't need to look at that. He doesn't have to refresh himself. He, that's, that's him doing his work right there on the phone, literally every hour of the day, unless we're on camera, on air. Um, so, so yeah, good luck getting him on the horn. And if you do, um, he, he definitely do the podcast. He, he, uh, he loves talking about the game, growing the game and, 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 you know, he'd be awesome. He'd be really good.
2: I just want to say, I'm a huge fan of NHL tonight. I watch it every single night, um, with you as the host and obviously Kevin Weeks, you know, Mike Rupp, uh, when Scott Gomez was there now an assistant with the Islanders, um, you know, Alex Tangay when he's there, uh, Brian Lawton when he's there. I mean, you guys do a phenomenal Mm -hmm. job of breaking the game down. Um, the highlights are amazing, and like you said, i, I mean, just listening to Kevin Weeks is just—it's just awesome. He has so much insight about the game, and obviously Mike Rupp, you know, two former Rangers who I've seen play, and uh, they just break yeah. down the game so easily, and they make the viewers just love the game of hockey. And I—I I love when they demonstrate uh, when Kevin Weeks is in the pads and Mike Rupp has a stick in his hands, and they're just shooting the puck at each other. I just—I just—I yeah. just love it. And the NHL Network is doing a great job.
0: Oh, well, we certainly appreciate that. I'll pass the word along. Uh, I mean, we're only I mean, it's been around for a while now, but we're starting our third season um, here uh, at the, you know, technically the MLB network. So getting to use some of their resources and whatnot. And, you know, I think there's there's definitely big plans uh, for the future for us and where we're at right now in Secaucus. Um, so yeah, the demo stuff is certainly we love doing the demo. We love it. We see through, he's the only person in the world who wears a full suit and then throws on hockey pads <laughs> and stuff like that. And how he doesn't split those slim fit pants every night, I, I still don't know. But uh, yeah, the demos we love. We love just walking over there and you know off the cuff. Hey, we just saw this goal. Let's break it down. Let's let's not only break it down. Let's show you. Let's demonstrate it. um I think that's one of the the things we do well, and uh, and I'll let you know a little secret. We're hoping to do a, a whole lot more of that coming up in the uh, the next couple of years. So so stay tuned for that. But, yeah, NHL Tonight is – I mean, it's a show unlike anything I've ever done. It's so unscripted, unplanned. Um, you never know what's going to happen on any given night. Um, and And you kind of go in with a shell of how you think it's going to work out, and then, you know, the storyline are the games, and those dictate – what we're gonna do that night. So no, no two nights are ever the same, and and it really keeps you on your toes. And and just watching those guys react and break down a goal um, on their first look, on their first replay. You know, I need like five replays to see who who the guy was that you know shot it and then tipped it. And I need super slow mo. These guys, they just see it like yeah, on the first yeah. time on the live look, and that's it's like baffling to me how how good they are. But they're the best of the best, and and I'm proud to work with them, and I'm glad we have them.
1: Now I have to ask. We'll do one more question on the NHL Network, then we'll dive into something else. Trade deadline day. How hectic yep. is that day?
0: Busy. And again, that's another <laughs> one of those ones that you don't like. You you can't plan for you. Can, you can plan as much as you want, but I know the last the last couple of years, deadline day has been kind of uh, slower in the morning. Uh, a lot of the deals are happening a couple of days before now, GMs are trying to really get a jump on the market. Um, So you have a lot of pieces in place, but then it's just kind of read and react. And a lot of things happen, of course, in the last like half hour or so before the deadline actually hits. So it's one of those things that, you know, we're, we're monitoring Twitter where these guys are tapping into their sources. Brian Lawton is such a a key piece to our trade coverage because I mean, he obviously was a GM and and was a big time agent. So his Mm -hmm. contacts are still so, Dialed in. I mean, it's it's all about you know who who's got the who's got the scoops. Elliot Freedman's a big help for us on, on trade deadline day, um, as well as our other insiders. So you know, it's it's one of those ones again. You don't plan for you just you react as it happens, and you you try to do the best you can. And I think we've done a pretty good job the first couple of years.
2: Yeah, I remember when Brian Lawton tweeted out that. Shattenkirk was traded to yeah. the to the caps and us Ranger fans were a little upset about that. But we got him in the end, which is okay. Yeah. And uh I'll there never forget go. in free agency when Kevin Weeks we broke see. the news that Shattenkirk signed with the Rangers, but that wasn't finalized yet. It got me got my heart. He racing. Had it.
0: Weeks he had it that morning. Yeah. Weeks, he had it that morning. And we were all like uh I don't know. <laughs> like, we we were all kind of talking to people. I had I had one of my really good friends, uh was roommates with Kevin Shattenkirk back in college. And he was kind of my source on this whole thing. So I, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp of the situation and we tweeted that out in the morning yeah. and I had heard something that it wasn't done yet from my source saying like, yes, he's talking, but you know, it's, it's not as close as you guys might think. And there's still other players involved. So I was thinking like, Oh no, we can don't No, Don't be wrong on this one. Don't be wrong. <laughs> like this is massive, especially in this market. Uh, and we know how ranger fans can get and stuff and i say that in the nicest way possible but uh in the end like he was we called him mr scooper because he had it um at the end of the day and he had it well before anybody else
1: so you know this day
0: and age it's it's always a rush to to kind of be first in the whole twitter world so oh yeah you love uh, being first you want to be first but you definitely want to have it right and and he had both of them so hats off to him
1: all right so now we're going to you know move over into our next topic which is you know it's we're, we're just happy that the NHL season's here, I guess, at this point. I don't know if the Rangers know about that. Um, <laughs> but we're, we, we know. We know as fans. I was actually at the game two nights ago against the Devils. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, it didn't, didn't go as planned. Depends who you're
0: rooting for in that one, I guess. Yeah. yeah,
1: um, But um, let's talk about, you know, let's go from surprise teams to, you know, the disappointing teams so far. Because I think there are quite a few. Um, So we can start off in the Eastern Conference. And one team, uh, just right off the bat, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Four and one record right now. Tied for first in the Metro with the Blue Jackets. Uh, I just witnessed them live beat, you know, my favorite team, the New York Rangers, uh, right there in my face. Uh, This wasn't – I don't think this was – seen like what what are your what are you what's your opinion on the New Jersey Devils and how
0: they're playing right now uh fast and I I'm I'm sure you saw that the other night when you went to the game and saw it in person I think I look I think the Devils are certainly ahead of where everybody thought they would be I thought they would be better but uh because I think Corey Schneider had a down year uh by his standards I think he's one of the top five goalies in the league and has been for the last couple of years and I think last year was just kind of a, a blip on the radar for him not getting a whole lot of help in front of him, but then obviously their fortunes changed when they got the um, when they got the number one overall pick. And uh, Nico, he come in, but he hasn't been the the stud that he's needed to be. And I think that's okay for you know Devil fans right now because it's been the other rookies, Jesper Bratt. Who like who knew that name coming yep, to this exactly. He's on my fantasy uh, team. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, now yeah, he's been a fantasy for everybody in. In New Jersey, uh, you know, he's got six points through five games. This, this is a sixth round pick uh, in 2016. So uh, nobody really had him on the radar and, and and doing as much damage as he's doing right now. And then Will Butcher decides to sign with New Jersey in the offseason, the former Hobie Baker award winner. And all he's done is go out and get eight points in his first five games. So I think they're getting contributions from places that they, they didn't necessarily think or or maybe they knew they were going to get contributions, but maybe not this early in those guys' careers. And then, of course, you know, Nico's chipping in um, with a couple of points so far, but I think a lot of it has to do with the way they want to play. John Ines, uh wants to play a faster game. We're seeing a faster Devils team right now. Um, Taylor Hall's kind of settling in in his second year, and, and I think it, you know, at the end of the day, it's all on Corey Schneider, um, and, and he's playing like like an elite goalie that we've seen him play in the past so hey devils they're surprising a lot of people right now as you mentioned number one in the metro the the question is you know can they sustain it and a lot of people a lot of people think they can just the way they're built right now so you know we'll have to see but uh devil fans need to enjoy it while, while they can because you know we haven't seen the devils top of the metro in, in quite some time
2: and how do you feel about uh keith kincaid as their backup goaltender he's from my hometown farmingville new york um how do you feel about kincaid backing up Corey schneider
0: yeah, I think you know it's one of the better one-two punches in the league. If you're, that's that's a situation where you have the stud goaltender and then you have a serviceable backup. A lot of you know, like a situation we saw last year in Pittsburgh, very very rare where you have a a Matt Murray and a marc Andre Fleury, a one and a and another number one, a one A, if you will. So I think you know Keith Kincaid, he's a he's a younger guy, um, certainly hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities with the guy playing in front of him, And I, I think that's a good thing uh, if you're a devil's fan, but I think, you know, when Kincaid is is asked to get those starts um, in that backup type role and, and give Schneider the, the rest that he needs during the course of an 82 game season, I think he comes in and I think he does his job and he gives his team a chance to get those two points on any given night. I think that's, that's all you can ask for a guy uh, in that role.
2: So, the Devil's hot start. Do you see them contending for a playoff spot, or do you think as oh. the season goes on they'll start diminishing?
0: I, if you put them in a different division, I think I would. But the Metro is, I think, the toughest, strongest division out there again for the second straight year. Because you look at teams like Columbus, Pittsburgh, Washington. You know, all those teams are kind of look. They're going to be in the mix at the end of the day. And then the Rangers aren't as bad as as the Rangers are right now. I think mm-hmm. they're going to turn it around at some point. Um, you know, I think they have to turn it around at some point. On paper, they're not they're not this bad as they're playing right now. And then Carolina, I think a lot of people had high expectations right. for Carolina. You mentioned uh, uh, a situation like Keith Kincaid, Scott Darling getting his first crack at being a number one goaltender. And that was kind of the issue for Carolina the last couple of years was, you know, young, talent on the blue line. But where was that real, like, good starting goaltending and consistency at that position and I think people thought they were going to get that and Scott Darling obviously it's very very early to tell right now but I think people have high hopes for that team as well so look I I don't I can't I can't make a prediction this early I'd love to see the Devils in in the mix uh the more in the mix at the end of the the season the more fun we have uh doing our jobs I I just I it's it's all um you know, indicative on Corey Schneider and his health. If he stays healthy and they continue to get t- contributions from some of these young guys, maybe not as much as we're getting right now, but if if these guys continue to chip in, then yeah, I, I think the Devils can, can be in the mix at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that way too. Uh, just, you know, after seeing the way they've played, uh, I think Nico Heischer is going to turn into. I, I, I'm also a Ranger fan, so it could be a little biased, but I think I saw two plays where Nico Heischer you know, had some Sidney Crosby-esque, um, uh, acting involved, but you know, it drew the penalties. Yeah. He was right back on the ice. The next play, he got an assist on one of the goals. So, I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, hate the guy for doing what he does. Uh, but let's move on to another surprise team. We're going to go to the Atlantic okay. division now. Um, the okay. Detroit, Ooh. go ahead. The Detroit, oh, ahead, uh, the Detroit Red Wings, um, Another team that you know people thought that they were you know going to be rebuilding. Uh, they just got their new uh, their new arena. Uh, they just said goodbye to the Joe. Uh, they're another team, four and one record uh, in a four way tie for first place in the Atlantic with teams that you would expect to be there. You know Toronto, Tampa Bay, Ottawa, uh, and then all of a sudden there's Detroit, four and one, just chipping away. You know doing their thing. A lot of people weren't agreeing with, you know, not signing uh, Anastayu, uh who's still not with them, who's still a restricted free agent, but I believe he's playing overseas now. Just he's just waiting for a contract. He doesn't really have a time period on coming back. So I just want your thoughts on the Red Wings as well.
0: Yeah. You mentioned that to see you. he's uh, another young guy that would only help this roster right now, but uh, so far so good for the wings. Um, I don't think anybody had them in this spot based on, you know, last year and, and missing the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. And, and look, nobody was going to fault them for having a couple of down years as well. You know, you got to retool on the fly uh, in this league. And I just, you know, there's a lot of excitement in that city right now. You mentioned the new arena. And, I haven't been there yet, but everybody who's been there, people I've worked at, work with that have seen it and said it's it's the most incredible venue that they've ever been in. So uh, there's certainly a buzz uh, in Detroit right now. And uh, there's a buzz back in uh, Dylan Larkin's game as well. This was the guy who hit that kind of the proverbial sophomore slump a year ago. And uh, his, his rookie season in the NHL was so so fun to watch this guy has so much speed and mm-hmm. talent and uh, he kind of kind of hit that wall that sophomore year, but he's, he's playing well right now. He's got six points in his first five games. And then Mike green on the blue line is getting it done right now. He's got eight assists um, already. So they're getting contributions. And again, like, like I just said with the devils, I, I think it comes down for these teams that are kind of, we, we don't really know what they are, or where they're going to get that offense from each and every night. They don't necessarily have that superstar score, they got a good goaltender and they got a heck of a goaltender right now. Jimmy Howard, uh, three and oh and that goals against average is 1.62, uh, as we sit here and talk on this Monday. So as long as he's playing, uh, like the Jimmy Howard, we can see, uh, and have seen, then I think, I think the wings, you know, they can keep it going. I just, Toronto is obviously going to stay there. Tampa is going to stay there. Ottawa is another team that's surprising me again, based on what they did last year. Mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people say Guy Boucher's system only lasts for one year of his guys really buying in to it hundred and ten percent because it's you know, it's it's not the sexiest of systems to play in and uh you know, you kinda grind it out for eighty two games and that can that can wear on a team, but but so far this team's on a tear. You know, they've won their last three and they're yeah. doing it without Eric Carlson. So it's true. It's a situation like look look, Detroit I think is playing better than expected right now. I just I I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team when all is said and done after yeah. the
1: season. I, I don't either. Uh, one more question with the Red Wings. So, they, you know, they have a history with the octopus being thrown on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in the day, it meant, you know, the eight playoff wins needed to win the cup. So, yep. the, little jo- uh, the Little Caesars Palace opens up, and a fan, you know, wanted to be that guy and be the first one to throw it on the ice. They catch him, and now they're actually putting in a life ban on him.
0: Do you agree with that? Ooh, I hadn't heard that. But no no, I don't agree with that. I mean that's that's Detroit dance tradition. Um and I think that's with the Red Wings. That's not just the Joe. I think that's with the the wings. So I, I expected that tradition um to come over from the Joe to yeah, Little Caesars yeah. Arena. And I, I yeah, I, it's, it's kinda like that's like going back to last year's Stanley cup final when they were throwing the catfish mm-hmm. on the ice and the guys just not in in Pittsburgh threw it on. And then there, then there was an, a, like a legal issue with this. And it was like, at the end of the day, it's like, what are we doing guys? Like this is sports. We, we watch sports to have fun with it and to distract from our, our problems in the actual real world. So it's to, tradition, to carry right? some of that stuff over into sports, I think it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. So, so yeah
2: watch him start banding hats from being thrown on the ice for hat-tricks.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. Hat-tricks. What, are we going to just sit there and golf clap? Yeah. Like, come on. It's tradition, <laughs> like.
2: Um, I want to bring up the Western Conference, and obviously there's one team that's a surprise to me, and that's a Colorado Avalanche. I did not see this team being 4-2 in the first six games, obviously beat the Rangers 4-2 in their first game of the season. Matt Duchesne, out of, of all people, scored the first goal for the Colorado Avalanche. Do you believe he gets traded? Ah.
0: I don't know. I, I, all the analysts I work with say, look, it's kind of a double-edged sword because if you, you don't play well, then you know you're, there's not going to be a market out there for you, and Joe Sackett's not going to want to trade you uh, for pennies on the dime. Yet he's having this great start to the season. He's playing Matthew Shane hockey like we know Matthew Shane can play. Six points in those six games, three goals already, and then guys say, like, look, if you play too well, They don't want to trade you because they know what they have and they, they have you under contract and stuff. So it's, I, I don't know. I have no idea what to ever make with the uh, Colorado avalanche. I I don't, I don't know when they're going to win. I don't know who they're going to trade. I just, I don't have a grasp of this team. Um, And and, I mean, they had 48 points last year. That's, that was abysmal. This team, like they gave up after the new year. It looked like guys didn't even, you know, they they just kind of going through the motions. So I don't know they have a good goaltender in Varlamov um he who's a um a Vesna finalist uh, a couple of years ago so we know what he can do uh in that position but uh again I think this this division has way too much depth uh with the way you know the Hawks are playing again St. Louis is going to be in the mix and then I I don't know it's it's an interesting division but uh, again I think I think Colorado's going to be better than they were last year I but I don't I don't see them making too much noise down the stretch. I just, I don't know if they have the pieces to sustain it uh, for, for the course of 82 games.
1: Yeah. And you know, I I like some of their pieces. They have some young core pieces, Nathan McKinnon, Matthew Shane, Gabriel Landeskog. I mean, these guys are all 26 and under. Um, They just got Alexander Kerfoot. Um, They Mm -hmm. just signed Nail Yakupov, who I actually, over the offseason, one of the Rangers to sign because I thought he would come at that cheap price and he they signed him for under a million. So then, they, yeah. you know, on the D-line, they have Eric Johnson, Tyson Barry, Nikita Zadorov. So it's just these – they have the pieces. I just don't know if these – you know, if it's – I don't want to say if they're heavy enough with the depth because then I guess it does slack off a little bit in my opinion. But it is an interesting start. Um, it was funny to see Matthew Shane go out there and score the first goal for the uh, Colorado Avalanche this season, uh, just with what's gone on there. Uh, Pedro?
2: Now, but when do you think this it all fell off the train? I mean, it's when uh, uh, Patrick Waugh left as their head coach after they made the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, just, I feel like this team just fell off the wagon, and I think that was yeah. the major reason why.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree and then I think uh you know Jared Bednar didn't didn't exactly get a fair crack at his first NHL coaching job, you know, getting hired I think in August last year, so he had like maybe 2 or 3 weeks to, you know, get it together before training camp. I mean, this team was just behind the eight ball uh to start the year, but yeah, uh, I don't I I don't know. I can't figure this team out because well I, I know when Patrick Roy was coaching, it was definitely a system situation. You know, like they I mean they were so aggressive uh, they didn't re- really have any kind of structure in their own end. Um, and, and you can only play video game hockey for s- so many games before it catches up to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were fun to watch, run-and-gun type type team, but at the end of the day, they, they couldn't couldn't play in their own end. And, and and that's where games are won deep into the season uh, in the NHL. So uh, you mentioned all the talent they have up front with Landis Gog and uh, Shane and, and all these youngsters. Now, Yakupov chipping in right now, but – I don't know. I still think they might be a couple, a couple of years and and a couple of pieces away from, from really contending in that tough division in the central.
1: So now let's move over to the Pacific. I think the biggest surprise probably is the Vegas golden Knights, Uh, four and one record, eight points in the Pacific, one point behind Los Angeles. I, 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 I I have no words for this team. Um, you know, they just, they just lost Mark Andre Fleury to the IR, um, Jonathan March to the IR. I think Eric, uh, to the IR and then Malcolm Subban comes in and plays a phenomenal game last night against the team that, you know, sent him down on waivers and Vegas just claimed him. And there you go. First game. How ironic would it be to be against the Boston Bruins, the team that, you know, drafted Malcolm Subban, um, And then, you know, with the whole sending uh, Vadim uh, Shipshev – I can't pronounce his last name. Shipshev. Yeah, Yeah, that's a
0: tough one.
1: Sending him down and then he was like, what, the second player that signed with the team. He came over from the KHL, came over from Scott St. Petersburg, who is still undefeated. Um, And, you know, then sending him down to uh, the AHL, they also sent down – who was it? They sent down someone else on the defensive side. Alex Tuck.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. And so it's just, yeah. you know, it, some of these moves were like mind blowing to me. And then, you know, they bring him up, he scores his first goal last night. This team, I watched them th- probably three times already this season. They are fun to watch. And James Neal is playing some
0: fantastic hockey. Um, right. I, I did, They're the biggest surprise in the NHL right now. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think they've, they've made a lot of fans uh, this summer with, with how they were running their Twitter campaign and just kind of, you know, having fun with it, getting everybody on board. And then once they actually started playing games, it was, I mean, this team is, is a blast to watch. They get up and down the ice. There, there was no expectations coming into this season. And then they, you know, they get that first win and there's so much excitement and they get the win over the Dallas stars. who had so, so much, so many expectations coming in for mm-hmm. this year based on their off season moves and whatnot. But yeah, Vegas has been just the, The perfect story um, right now. And of course, I mean, the tragedy that happened out there before this team even comes home to play their first home game. So in a time when there should be so much excitement and, and, you know, pride surrounding this team and their first ever game on home ice, and then you have that just horrific uh, incident happen out there at the Route 91 Harvest Fest. And this team has to come back and and really – toe the line on, you know, getting excitement yet playing with heavy hearts in this emotional uh, pre-puck drop tribute. I mean, it's just been, it's been an absolute unbelievable story for the Vegas Golden Knights, and I, I didn't see it coming. I don't think anybody saw it coming. But uh, and you mentioned some of the moves that George McSee had to make, you know, with Vadim Shibashev and Alex and Tuck sending sending some of those the high end guys that we expected to. Actually, have an impact right off the bat with his team down in the AHL, based on just you know kind of roster moves and and, and kind of looking ahead to the future. And we talked to to George uh, the other night before their very first home game, and, and he said that was one of the tougher moves he's had to make is telling a guy like Alex Tuck who had a tremendous camp and a and a really good preseason and deserves to be on an NHL roster that hey sorry kid you you got to start off uh, in Chicago with our AHL affiliate just because look, I can't, I can't send you through without you getting picked up on waivers. It's just, it's a business transaction and, and we're kind of building towards the future. So we need you here. And, you know, when you do get here, it's going to be because you deserve it. And not that you didn't deserve it, um, you know, right out of camp, but it's just kind of, it's one of those things where George McPhee is, you know, he's happy with the success they're having right off the bat, but he, he still has the, the big picture in mind. Oh, absolutely.
1: And I think they did a fantastic job with the tribute. Um, The tribute was just, you know, hands down, first class. Uh, I think they did like a 59 second, you know, moment of silence where the whole arena went, you know, was dead silent, which is in itself pretty amazing with, you know, how people always want to get the first word after, you know, anything like that. Um, One -hmm. thing I think they did lose out on is their new mascot um Ch- Ch- chance the gila monster uh um, yeah. there. what is
0: the gila monster i have no idea
1: i, I it's a gila monster and it's apparently it's the it's not a gecko or a yellow version of the thing from the fantastic 4 but apparently a gila monster is it it has a scary name it's from the desert uh their hiss is worse than their bite i'm just on nhl.com right now um they're they're slow but steady so i i, I there are there are a lot of memes out about you know chance the gilla monster saying he looked like a sand true from pokemon and all this stuff uh definitely an interesting mascot of choice he's
2: still better than tampa bay's mascot i don't understand tampa bay's mascot right
0: yeah, yeah I, I don't hey Tampa's. look for vegas when vegas first came out with their uh their name you know i was kind of surprised by that i thought you know with vegas you could have you could have really done something big like a team in vegas you have you have the liberty and kind of the leash to go anywhere with that but Uh you know i get i get um you know uh mr foley the owners tie in with the whole army connection and going with the golden knights and stuff and that's that's kind of grown on me and then when they unveiled uh you know the sweaters and the colors i was kind of like you know again like oh vegas you could have done so much more and then at, over time that's kind of grown with me uh as well uh their road unis are sick like yeah, I, love I love them I, 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 really love like, I love the sweaters now and when yeah that first impression when they came out i was just kind of like i don't know i just wasn't blown away by it but now it's growing on me i like their logo i love the the little like the helmet the warrior helmet with the v in there standing for mm-hmm. vegas and so who knows yeah again i wasn't blown away by chance when he, he first made his debut the other night next to those drummers with the neon goggles yeah. oh, yeah. that, see, that, that's all castle, vegas that's vegas right flash player like that's that's what we expect so who knows maybe maybe chance will grow on me but uh i don't i don't know i <laughs> yeah I, i'm not i'm not sold on the the Gila monster just yet, but I, I got to do some more digging on what exactly a Gila monster is. I yeah, guess.
1: all I know is if I had a kid right now and I, I would, he he might be like a little afraid, or she might be a little afraid of him because he he's not a he's not pleasant on the eyes. Um, oh yeah, please. no. But let's go on to disappointing teams. We'll stay in you know the Western Conference, we'll move on to the Eastern Conference. Um, let's start with the Pacific, and there's two teams that are standing out at me right now: the Edmonton Oilers Thanks. and the San Jose Sharks. Uh, both teams, one and three, only have two points on the season. Um, let's start off with Edmonton. Uh, how are you feeling about them? Cause I, I, feel like, you know, it's just, you know, one of those starts as a Ranger fan, I see teams like Edmonton off to these slow starts too, which kind of, you know, in the back of my head says, all right, let's not go crazy yet. Uh, it's still early, but a team like Edmonton and, you know, people had predicted that they're going to win the Pacific, which they still absolutely can, uh, just a slow start
0: what do you think? Yeah, people have him winning the Pacific. People have him winning the West. People have him winning the Cup. So I think expectations for Edmonton were certainly uh, super high uh, this year. Yeah, close start. I, look, I think this team's going to be fine. You have Conor McDavid. Uh, he's the best player in the world right now. Um, Cam Talbot, he proved that he is a top-notch goaltender last year. Uh, playing, I think, he played like, I think he started 73 games. So yeah. I don't – I don't think that they can have Talbot do that again. I miss um, Talbot. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, he's going to get – yeah, he's, he's great in fantasy, but in reality, that's not a good number for a, an NHL goaltender. because if and when you do make the playoffs, like, I mean, you're going to have no gas left in the tank no matter what you're saying. You know, uh, it's just that's a heavy, heavy workload. So I, I, maybe we're seeing signs of that to start this year. I mean, Talbot only has an save percentage. That's not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think Edmonton, you know, will turn it around um, just based on what we saw last year, and we'll take another step uh, towards in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those teams that they'll be fine. I I think the Pacific is is one of the weaker divisions out of the the four that we have right there. Right. So I think Edmonton is going to be in the mix uh, when all is said and done. So let's we don't have to hit the panic button just yet. But if if there's one team that when I come home from an early shift and I'm Turning on a game is to watch the Edmonton Oilers because you literally never know what Conor McDavid's going to do. We've never seen this kind of skill before, and it is it is must see TV. I know it's that often, but like it, it literally is. Like I'll watch any oiler game anytime.
2: I mean, when he turns on his Jets, he blows by everybody. Literally, he lo- it makes it look
0: like men's league out there.
2: Yep. Like he,
0: I mean, it's just like you like going down to the the local rink and you get a guy that played you know maybe in college and he's just turning these these guys you know like that's that's what karmic david's doing and these are these are professional athletes that are really good and he is just like making them look silly like he's question, he's making these guys question that first step and and their gut instinct of oh should i step up on this this 50 50 puck right here and you know i can win the, the 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 race to the puck and this loose puck battle here like he's you can see these guys spinning their, their wheels literally in their brain. Like, I don't know what to do here. And you know, that half second of thought process. And it's just like, see you later. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, he had like what three breakaways the first game of the year against Calgary. I mean, he blew, he blows by the defense. I think, I think it's just remarkable. And obviously a generational type player. I mean, I, I, I personally believe, I, I know, you know, Crosby has more experience in the league. He has the cups to prove it. He has the points, the hard trophies, but so, does Connor I you know, Connor McDavid has a hard trophy and, and is and a Ted Lindsey, and I I I I think he's ranked 1 in Crosby's 2 in my opinion. Um what what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, that's a it's a great debate. Um yeah. I we had this debate the entire summer with our uh, top 50 players right now countdown. Yeah. I I I think Connor McDavid is a better player right now. Right. If you ask me who I'd want on my team right now to win this year, it's going to be Sidney Crosby because the guy has a knack for winning. Uh, look at the goals he was scoring over this weekend—like just yeah. ridiculous. Like it, the geometry doesn't even make sense. Like I don't know how Sidney Crosby. And continue to do it two years ago, people were writing this guy off halfway through the season in December saying, Oh, it's, he's on the back nine. It's over. And you know, he's a guy that he hears that he reads those comments and he has a chip on his shoulder and he's playing with it right now for the last two years or so. And, and you're kidding yourself. If you don't think he's seen Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid come in the league, and he's not ready to pass that torch just yet. So, um, I got take I've got to take Sidney Crosby right now based on the resume at the three Stanley Cups. And until Connor McDavid wins that first cup, then I'm gonna go with Crosby. Well, once McDavid wins that first cup, I think that argument gets flipped because that's I think that's how you judge players uh, in any sports these days. it's, it's, it's titles. And, and that's what kind of separates them when they're the top two guys on the planet. Um, like obviously Mcdavid's factor and and can do more dynamic things, but I think when it comes down to winning and, and making everybody around him better, let look, look with, uh, look what Sidney Crosby has done for guys like Jake Gensel and Connor Sheary, And I mean, these are guys that, you know, come up from the AHL and all of a sudden they're, they're guys you he's... want to pick up on your fantasy team because they're getting points mm-hmm. every night. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, number 87 playing, uh, playing between them there. I think he's, he's the best player in the world has been for a while and, and still is right now. Connor McDavid, just a hair. Behind him, just based on uh, the resume.
2: and and you know, speaking of championships, like you said, um, I'm, you know, different position, but same type of thing here. You know, with the Rangers and, and Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, I you know, I I I think he's a Hall of Fame goaltender. Um, most wins by European goaltender, he passed uh, Hasek, and you know, it's it's just that Stanley Cup is missing from his resume. And I I truly think if if he gets that cup. I think he'll be... I, I think he's t- I think he's a top-ten goalie of all time right now. Um, do you think if Lundqvist gets that title, he'll be top five?
0: Uh, yeah, no question. I, I think that's all he's lacking right now. I think what the other night, he, he's ninth all time in wins or something yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's the only thing missing from, from his historic career. He's a guy who's... He's, I mean, he's larger than life on and off the ice. The guy has... He's just got it and whatever it is he he has it. I mean uh and the resume. You know, the the world championships. He's won one this past summer with Sweden and, and did so and then got injured in the celebration and whatnot. So uh yeah, I think that's the only thing he's lacking uh right now. And I still I still think he might be a Hall of Fame goaltender even without uh a uh, Stanley cup ring if, if that's what we have to, to judge uh when that time comes. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the only thing he's lacking right now on, on that kind of career resume around everything else.
1: So now I want, so there's another few, you know, disappointments in the West, but I also, we don't want to keep you too long. We know that you're a busy guy. Uh, so in the West, there's still the Minnesota Wild, the Dallas Stars and the San Jose Sharks too, in my eyes, and I believe Pedro agrees with me, are, you know, a little surprising with, you know, where they're at right now. We think that they'd be a little higher up uh, in the standings. Do any of those three teams stick out to you with, you know, how they're performing right now?
0: Yeah, Dallas. Um, Two years ago, Dallas won the Central um, and and actually won the West. They were the best team in the Western Conference. And then, you know, uh, last year, look, injuries just ravished that team. And and I think what they were lacking the last couple of years is consistency in net, uh, a number one goaltender because when you're flip-flopping, Neummi and uh, Lettinen every single night, Those guys combined for the worst save percentage in the NHL last year. So uh, you got guys up front like Jamie Venn, Tyler Sig, and they have that firepower. And then they add a guy like Alex Rajlov in the offseason from Montreal. And and you expect that that firepower to get even better. And then they bring in Ben Bishop as well. And and Bishop's been good Mm -hmm. so far. He's got that uh, 938 save percentage. And and he's been really good. So it's just, this team's not clicking defensively right now. And, and that's kind of where, that's an area that we thought they would get better in bringing in Hall of Fame head coach, you know, uh, Ken Hitchcock, Hitchcock. because that's kind of his, his cup of tea is, is, is taking care of business in their own end. So I think a lot of people, myself included had Dallas, you know, and still have Dallas uh, doing some damage, potentially, you know, making the Western conference final. Um, But, we'll see. Uh, this team is too good uh, to, to be where they are right now in the basement of that division. But uh, yeah, definitely a, a disappointing start and given the high expectations and such a disappointing uh, season a year ago, guys like Tyler Sagan were talking about how excited they were to kind of wipe the plate clean and, and get off to a quick start. And, and so far that hasn't happened.
2: Well, I was like, I, me personally, <laughs> when we did our preseason predictions. I had Dallas winning the central. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, they're great. I love uh, yeah.
2: them. I, I still think they can. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're early in this season and, you know, if they if Jamie Ben, obviously we know how he can play. Tyler Sagan could put up 40 goals if he wants to. Radulov could put up 25 to 30. I mean, if this team starts, you know, performing and clicking well, I, I do think they could still win the Central Division. Um, And obviously, they finally have that find number one goaltender in Ben Bishop who they signed to a six-year deal in the offseason. So, I truly believe that Dallas can do it, and obviously with their young defense leading by Klinberg, who I think is great on the point, especially on the power play. I think he's a great uh, defenseman, especially during his rookie year. I thought he was phenomenal for Dallas. And, uh, yeah, I know, you know, obviously you still have Chicago up there who put up 10 against the defending Stanley Cup champions, two-time.
0: That's another surprise team for me yeah. right now. Yeah, right? Chicago. Chicago, because yeah. we, you know, they make these off-season moves, and it's like, again, I think you missed that window, you know, bring in – bringing back, uh, you know, Brennan Sod and Patrick Sharp. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, this, this worked, you know, three years ago, it's a, it's a different type of league and, and the central is getting faster and whatnot. And all they've done is, is go out and, you know, four, one, and one, Brennan Sod is, you know, tearing the world on fire right now with six goals and six games. And that's just a little spark under the captain, Jonathan Taze's game who had it down here last year. And Patrick King's doing what Patrick King does. So, I I was one to write the Hawks off this year in that division. I thought you know we'd see kind of some fresh blood up top with, with Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, uh, St. Louis. But hey, I, I and Kevin Weeks tells us over and over again, don't bet against the Hawks. And right now he's he's making us those words. He's always, right. <laughs> he's always right. Right? I know. I hate that. I hate that.
1: <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're going to save the Metro for last because I don't want to go down that road yet. Um, <laughs> let's, let's go on to the Atlantic. Um, uh, there's, there's really the Montreal Canadians, uh, you know, Boston is a little bit surprising. Uh, but the Montreal Canadians, they cannot, they cannot produce any offense. Uh, the one, three and one, you know, they're down in the bottom with Buffalo. Who would have thought that, um, I just I think their main issue is, you know, their scoring production. I mean, when you allow the Rangers to uh, beat you at this point, <laughs> the Rangers could have been 0 6 if uh, they hadn't beaten Montreal. Um, what are you seeing with Montreal? Are you seeing, you know, like what you said, just no production with the offense? Are you seeing anything on the defensive side? Is Carey Price, you know,
0: Carey Price? Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it when you said scoring. Like this team just can't score. They had three goals in their first three games, and that's, I don't care what goaltender you have. You can have a shooter or two between the pipes. It's not going to win you too many games. Uh, I, I, look, Carey Price is still Carey Price. He's not getting a whole lot of help uh, behind him, or in front of him, I should say. Uh, he's got an 885 percentage. That, that's not going to win you too many hockey games. But look, Jonathan Drew, in, he's got one goal. Brandon Gallagher has one goal. Thomas Buchanitz has one goal. Like, Max Pacioretty has one goal. Like, you've he, got other team like, obviously, obviously the other end of the spectrum, but nine goals. A lot of these guys are five, six. Like, you, you got to come up with some firepower somewhere. And uh, I, I know, you know, I, I watched Claude Julien in Boston for, for many, many years, and and he plays a very defensive-minded, take care of business in your own end before you worry about the other end type mentality. And And I don't know if that's kind of something that's that's working its way in right now. But it, it I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta score some goals. It doesn't matter how many you give up a game. You you gotta score at least one to win a game. Uh and, and so far they're not getting that done. So uh Carey Price is gonna gonna be a band aid and he, he can cover up a, a lot of mistakes, um, because I still think he's the the top goaltender in the NHL. But so far it's just I don't know what's going on uh, up there. In Montreal, you know, being a Bruins fan, growing up a Bruins fan, I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with with seeing that, you know, I like, I'm not going to lie. We're on the podcast. I'm not on the NHL network. I don't have to be unbiased and root for all 31. So, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, but that's the Atlantic. And I think of all the divisions, anything can happen in the Atlantic this year. So uh I'm not gonna count any team out. I'm not even gonna count Buffalo out at this point because I think that team he is ready to take another step in the right direction under their new head coach Phil Housley. Um so I, I'm I'm not gonna count anybody out in the Atlantic just yet.
2: But when do you start pointing fingers at Mark Bergman? I mean, I you know, Montreal to me is just a team where they just have done bad trades the last couple of years. I, I, I get, you know, getting Jonathan Juan, who I think is a very dynamic player. Um but Look who they gave up. You know, I think Sergachev yeah. could be a great defense like a great defenseman, especially now playing with a guy like Victor Hedman, who could be his mentor. I think that's unbelievable. And you know, yeah, getting I... Shea Weber, who's a guy who's whose contract to me is still mind blowing. Um, at thirty two years old, um, signing a guy like Carl Alsner to a five year deal. Um, they got Jeff Pecher They got Dave Schlemko. Ryan McDonough. That was a great deal on the Rangers' part. Don't worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> you know, I just when do you start pointing fingers at, at Mark Bergevin, I, I think it's to me personally. I think it's time for this for him to, uh, you know, step down.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure. Trust me. If, if there's any market in in the league that's that's uh, pretty critical and, and points the finger quicker than others. <laughs> It's Montreal, so I'm, I'm sure he's taking speed up there in, in multiple languages, English and French. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Subban one is still a, a head-scratcher for me. You have, look, you, you have a puck-moving defenseman. like that, that is coveted in the league right now. That's, that's as good as it gets, and, and you're going to trade your puck-moving defenseman, your Norris-Trophy-winning defenseman, uh, uh, to uh, another team to bring in, look, an all-star, in Shea Weber, but it's, it plays a different brand of hockey. And, you know, we had heard some, some rumblings that there may have been some issues as far as leadership or whatever in that room. But I mean, PK Suvin is so much younger than, than Shea Weber. That, that just in itself these days would entice a GM uh, not to, to make a move like that. And then, yeah, you mentioned book uh, Mikhail Sergachev, Yeah. Ninth overall, another puck moving defenseman, uh, a young guy, um, I don't know. It's, that's what's coveted in in the league this year, and, and kudos for Tampa for pulling that one off. Because the rich get richer down there. Uh, like you mentioned, playing alongside a guy like Hedman. and then Tampa obviously has unbelievable weapons up front that they could they could afford to unload a guy like Jonathan Drew in, uh, who had kind of a, a roller coaster type emotional season a year ago. So, kudos to the Bolts, and I'm not I'm not quite sure what what we're doing in Montreal and, and where that situation might go, but I know the leash isn't isn't gonna be very long on, on Berger then, especially this season.
2: I don't think it's just me, but touching up on Tampa, Nikita Kutrov has to be the most underrated player in the league.
0: I'm with you. Yeah. I am so with you. I know we've been saying this and, and this guy like put that team on the shoulders last year with with uh Stamkos out. Um and he's still I like who's the first person you think of? When you think of the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's Steven Stamkos. So, Samco. so yeah. I, I, but like when you talk Pittsburgh Penguins, you talk Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. I think they're kind of on that same level. But Kucherov doesn't get that type of respect down in Tampa, and he he should. Absolutely. this guy has a chance to win the Hart Trophy this year, and and I mean it kind of sounds crazy to say, but he absolutely does because he's that talented, and you can only imagine the kind of production he'll get or help put up with a guy like Stamko's healthy for a full 82 games. So we'll see. But I think, yeah, he's still, he's still the most underrated guy. I think in the national hockey league, we say it on a nightly basis on NHL tonight. And every time we say it, it's still like, how can we say that? Like this guy is so talented.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess it's time to go on to the metropolitan division. Um, all right let's do it <laughs> there's two teams i guess you can say that are you know a little disappointed right now just because of with who carolina brought in you see how i'm like trying to stall a little bit before we get onto the rangers uh oh yeah but, i uh, see you're talking <laughs> uh the carolina hurricanes they but they are you know they brought in some pieces um and they they were a team that you know i thought could be you know one of those sneak in teams on you know into the wild card where all of a sudden they're they're in a position to make a run at some point.
2: Yeah, I mean, they only played three games. I mean, they yeah. won one and one. Uh, let, honestly, let's just get to it. The Rangers suck. Um, <laughs> let, let's just get to it. Uh, one and five. Um, I, this team can't score goals. They they can't score yeah. goals. And Unless your name is Mika Zibanejad. True. And, you know, they're right. looking for to be the number one center. And I truly believe he can. I truly believe he has that potential to put up 70, plus, 70 points in a season. I, I truly believe he can do that. Um, Kevin Hayes to me is still a question mark as the number two center. Um, but some roster moves that I think Jeff Gordon and Elaine Vigneault, I truly believe that they didn't get right. I mean, Filippedel, that I to me, eighteen years of age, I, I get it. You don't want to, you know, you want him to grow as a player. Obviously, he's in the AHL right now. He put he had three points mm-hmm. for the Hartford Wolfpack last game. But I, I believe he didn't get a true opportunity in the league. And he only played, what, 10 minutes in the first game? and
1: 10 minutes over the, the two games that he games. played. two yeah. games.
2: There you go. And even like Leah Sanderson. I, Leah Sanderson, to me, had a great preseason, a great training camp. He looked in great shape. And to me, those two guys were the two NHL-ready players in in, in the drafts. Obviously, before Nico Heesha and Nolan Patrick. But those two guys, to me, were NHL-ready. And now, you know, you have the Rangers who kept Paul Carey, who, to me, I... I'm sorry, I just don't think he should be in the lineup. Um, We finally got Jesper back, who, again, to me, is a guy who's underrated in this league, who could play all three zones tremendously. Um, But yeah, you know, the Rangers struggle with scoring, and this league is known to have young players, and the young players are thriving in this league, and we see it. And to me, I, I don't want the Rangers to make it kind of kind of move like they did with like an Anthony Duclair who I thought had a great start to the Rangers into his Ranger career and then obviously being traded to to Arizona for Keith Yandel but yeah I, I think the Rangers should bring those two guys back and have them play and maybe they can get some goal scoring out of that because to me you know Jimmy Vc is struggling he couldn't score a goal mm-hmm. with open nets against Columbus last game uh Pavel Bucinevich, to me that the Rangers only have that top line in Bucinevic, Kreider, and Zabenejad that's the only line that's clicking for me and their defense, you know, their defense is struggling. Um, to me, Mark Stahl is the best, of, of the best defenseman for the Rangers right now.
0: So what do you think? Yeah, no, there's a lot to digest there. Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said the young guys and, and that is the way the league's going right now. Look, I, I was a Bruins fan. I, I still am a Bruins fan. The last couple of years they would, you know, they wouldn't really give their young guys a, a whole shot. You know, they bring them up and they kind of bury them on the fourth line. Now, even the bees have kind of gone the way of the, the young kids. Like if you're committing to the youngsters, you bring them up and you stick with them and you you kind of take your bumps and bruises, the good, with the bad, with those young guys. And, and like you mentioned with Hito and Anderson, like, look, you need scoring. Those guys can score. Um, And you're not getting it from some of the, uh, the, the other names that we're accustomed to seeing in this Ranger lineup. So, so why not try something new, but you gotta be able to, to stick with it and, and let these guys kind of learn on the fly at the NHL level. Like Jimmy Vesey, yeah, that's a that's a that's that's another surprising one that, you know, we made a big deal about him uh, last summer. comes in and then he hits that kind of college wall three-quarters of the way through the season. And, and right now through six games, nothing, nothing to show for it. Then on the back end, Brendan Smith, the guy you you signed to a, a decent-sized contract in the summer, he's going to help me scratch a couple of games. Like, yeah you know i don't i'm i'm not quite sure what to make of the Rangers situation right now um you know trading away a, a guy like Derek stepon you, you, you knew what you were getting at least as far as depth down the middle uh with with him in that lineup i don't know if he was a number 1 but uh, he certainly solidified a, a spot there um aside from that top top line like you mentioned they, they're just not getting it and Imagine where they'd be without Mika Zabinicen right now. Uh, who's got want those five they'd, goals. Like, they
1: be 0-6. You know? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I look, like I said off the top, the Rangers aren't this bad, but I I, I don't know how good they're going to be. And, you know, there's a there's a whole lot of weight on the shoulders of Henrik Lundqvist, who, if, if he's injured at any point this season or has any kind of hiccup in his game, it could be a long – long season uh for the blue shirts no offense guys
2: oh, <laughs> i'll, I'll t- honestly i'll take the lottery right now give me the lottery i'll take the number one pick um
0: there's a couple of good names coming next year uh, yeah. in, the, in the draft and one of them is a defenseman so
2: exactly what we need <laughs> yeah um yeah, right is do you think AV is on the hot seat right now
0: i think he has to be just in that market you know if he's in if he's in a different market then then probably not but yeah I think I think there's always expectations to win and to win now so I think just just by default of where you're coaching and and kind of what what you're working with then yeah you got you got to have you got to keep up with the Joneses and uh you know teams like Carolina and, and other teams like that that have gotten better in the offseason and and will take strides forward. Like his team needs to take strides forward, and if they take a stride back, then I think that suit only gets hotter.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's just some of some of his lineup moves are just you know they they I, I just can't grasp them. So we move, you know, we move Stepan and Ranta to Arizona, and we bring back Anthony D'Angelo, who's a young right-handed defenseman, and yet they they're not. I feel like they're not giving him a chance either. You know, he was in for. I think the first game, then all of a sudden he's a healthy scratch with Brandon Smith, who like you just said, they signed to you know a four year deal worth four point three five mil, and then you have you know you're given Steve Camper, uh, Camper, you have Nick Holden, and honestly I don't think Kevin Shattenkirk has you know looked too appealing on on the blue line.
0: Well,
2: look, I mean, I think he's
0: done his job on the power play. I think yeah. power play you know, definitely. That's what you get with Kevin Shattenkirk. Absolutely. He's, he's yeah. offense and offense on, on the man advantage. And I think he's, he's done, he's done what he was brought in to do as far as the power play. and the, the offensive production goes, but I think we saw a little bit of hole in Kevin Shattenkirk's game, you know, in the playoff run with, with oh, yeah. Washington. Absolutely. So I think for everybody making a big deal about Kevin Shattenkirk and being the top three agent and whatnot, this, this, this is, and this, was who Kevin Shattenkirk is as a player. You know, I, I think too many people made, made his game out to be too too well-rounded based on that he was kind of the, the top dog uh, of the fish in the free agent market. So, I, I don't know. I I think Shattenkirk has lived up to expectations so far.
2: Yeah, I, honestly, I I agree with you. I, I feel like the Rangers knew what they were getting with Shattenkirk, and that was that offensive defenseman. And they haven't had that since Brian Leach, to me. Um, And, you nope. know, they got him, and... You know, their power play's 12th in the league right now. Um, it's been struggling a little bit. Um, but, like yeah, like you said, you know, Kevin Shankirk isn't known for his defensive play, and he struggled a little bit even towards his ends in St. Louis. And we obviously saw with the Capitals that he he struggled in his own zone. Um, and on the power play, I mean, he's lethal on the power play. I, I, I honestly haven't seen a guy like him on the power play move the puck like he does, find the open man, and just rip the puck past the goaltender. and. You know, I, yeah, I agree. I think the Rangers got exactly what they got. And so far, so good from and Kirk. but the rest of the team. I, I just can't talk about this team anymore. It's just <laughs> yeah. Rick Nash,
0: Michael Grabner, like Grabner, yeah. the, the season we saw last year, I didn't think he was going to obviously keep up that pace. He did, but I, 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 you expect a little more from him and then Rick Nash. We can, we can talk about Rick Nash and a whole other podcast as far as oh, like yeah. production and like some nights, it doesn't even look like he's in the building. And then other nights when he does turn it on, it's like, oh, okay, this is the, this is Rick Nash again. But that, that's one of the more frustrating guys to watch on that basis because you know how much talent he has. Uh, and when he's dialed in driving uh, the puck to the net, but it doesn't always seem like that switch is hooked on.
1: And, you know, I, I brought this up on the on my last episode that we just did uh, yesterday. You, no, the Rangers are never in that selling mode. Pretty much, I would say at the deadline. But if they keep this up, Rick Nash, you know, he's he's a he's an expendable guy. He's you know coming into he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's playing for a contract right now, and he's not really proving much. But he's one of those guys that could be a, you know, the Rangers could end up you know throwing him out as a rental.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, and I think you know maybe maybe that's what it takes to to get his game going. As far as I mean, he'll obviously have to get his game going to take some some buyers out there uh, to take him off the Rangers' hands if, if that's the situation we're in come trade deadline time. But uh, this is a guy that, you know, he, he can score and he can put him up in bunches and, and would certainly be a, a welcome addition to a team maybe on the fringe trying to make that playoff spot or a team that's trying to take that next step in the playoffs to, to add, a, add an offensive weapon like Rick Nash when Rick Nash is doing what we know he's capable of doing.
2: This is when I wish Mark Bergman was in Vegas and we could do a one-for-one James Neal for Rick Nash. But right?
0: James, going. the real deal. Neil. You talk about a guy playing for a contract. He's in the last year of his deal. He might be the most highly sought-after guy if he keeps up the pace that he's on right now. We, we didn't even mention him in that when we were talking about Vegas and the unbelievable start. Six goals for James Neal. Like, that's awesome. So this good. Unbelievable. And um, actually,
1: so my 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 co-host here, Pedro – he, we had a dark guy from uh, Toronto. We, we had him on earlier wow. in the season, and they made a little bet that – you go go for it, Pedro. Let him know.
2: I'm regretting it very deeply right now because, to me, I think Toronto is a contender for the Cup, and even though they're a bunch of young guys and they're just playing phenomenal hockey, with, especially now with Patrick Marleau. Um, but I said that the Rangers would win a Cup before Toronto does, and I'm on the wrong side of that bet right now.
0: Oh, by, by a long shot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going with dark guy. I'm not a smoker, but I'm going with dark guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, He's actually quitting smoking. Yeah, he did. And, you know, but did he have to change his nickname?
0: uh, No, I don't think so. Face
1: guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Face paint guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I thought I had the goaltender and, and I had a little too much faith, but, uh, you know, Lundquist is not getting any younger. And to me, his, his production is diminishing and, I still think he could be that guy. I still think that he could push the Rangers to glory. But when I look at this team, just how they're playing right now, I'm just, I'm just, I can't, I can't anymore. You know, Toronto yeah. has Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, you know, William Nylander, you know, Patrick Marleau, obviously. Um, Anderson's playing a phenomenal in goal. I lost.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think you had the hometown blinders on for that yeah, bet. I did. But, uh, yeah. Toronto, Toronto's awesome. I mean, they, they, look, they're way ahead of that curve as far as the rebuild goes. Um, you know, and I think expectations are in Toronto are, are here. And now, especially with the deal off the Matthews is going to sign. Um, so that window is, is right now for this Toronto team. And they play in in the Atlantic division, which I think is up for grabs, uh, any single season. So, uh, future is bright for Toronto. Uh, unfortunately Rangers, I don't know what that future looks like right now. Um, but hey, you can catch lightning in a bottle, especially with a goaltender like Hank. So, who knows? But if if I were a betting man, I'm I'm betting with dark Guy.
1: <laughs> I I kind of agree now too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, we don't want to take up too much time. I mean, I mean, we can go on and on and on and on. Just talk so much hockey. Uh, it, it from the bottom of my heart. I know Pedro as well. Thank you so much for coming on. I know I just reached out to you on on Twitter, and you were so quick to respond. It was like amazing to me how quickly you responded um, but you guys can go uh, if you don't watch the NHL Network please you should uh, you'll see uh, Jamison hosting you know, NHL Tonight uh, alongside Weeksy and all those guys um, you can find him on Twitter at Jamison Coyle, very simple just the name um, yeah, thank you so much uh, we truly appreciate it if you're ever in the New York area and you want to go watch the Rangers lose with us, you let us know, your ticket's on me uh, we'll go and do that.
0: Guys, I appreciate that. And uh, he, don't tell anybody, I, I've lived here for two years now. I have not been to MSG, so I may really? have to take you up on that offer. It's just, Yeah, life, I have two little kids right now, so oh, okay. life has kind of gotten in the way yeah. of that one. That's that's my built-in excuse, but uh, <laughs> I may have to take you guys up on that offer. But uh, in all seriousness, it was, uh, it was an absolute pleasure to chat with you guys. Thanks for reaching out, and uh, let's do it again later on in the season. And uh, if you guys are ever – in the area of Secaucus, New Jersey, hit me up and I'll give you the tour of the NHL network. It's pretty awesome. sweet.
2: And, uh, you know, if you see Wixie on his phone, tell him to check Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I will. Get, I will. Reach see, out I, to him. Like
0: I said, keep trying. Keep trying. I definitely Stay will. persistent.
2: Definitely will. Thank you so much. Uh, the thank dude. you. Appreciate thank you, Jameson. Time. You bet, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: And we are back. That was another doozy. That was Pedro. awesome. It was uh, awesome. You know, 21 weeks in the books we've had several guests several highly touted guests i would like to say uh you know Jamison is right up there right up there with linda john bouchergross uh and you know it's 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 cool having you know two different you know networks so we had two people yeah. from espn now we we'll have uh we just had Jamison over from the nhl network uh we have another guest lined up from the nhl network uh which hopefully will be next week I uh, have to run that by him, uh, get back in touch with him, but I believe that'll happen. Uh, a little hint will be if you're into fantasy hockey, I suggest you giving it a listen, right? Absolutely. Uh, so we'll have, you know, two and two. So I don't know if maybe Kevin Weeks wants to be the third from the NHL Network or Rupper. Intent. And maybe, you know, the NHL Network will just take over the Drop the Puck podcast. Maybe, you know, ESPN will never know. along. Yeah. I'm know. sorry. We we had two ESPN, but now NHL Network stepping up to uh, be on the show. Uh, but yeah, another unreal experience. You know, uh, he was a super kind guy through and through. Uh, can't say anything bad. I, I can't say anything bad about Jameson at all. Uh, just super friendly, super kind. Uh, I'm excited for the future uh, here at Drop the Puck Podcast. Uh, you know, we're just rolling it along. Uh, two episodes this week, so. You know, you guys, if you like hearing our voices, you guys lucked out a little bit. Uh, hopefully the Rangers will, you know, pick up their slack on our ends. Who knows, though? Uh, we're, we're both upset with that. Uh, Pedro, any words?
2: No. I mean, uh, Jameson was absolutely amazing and very nice, genuine guy. And, uh, you know, thanks again for coming on. And hopefully my tactic in getting Kevin Weeks will work as well. Um, but, honestly, Jameson was just amazing. I mean, he his knowledge about the game um, – and how he got to where he is today is just a phenomenal story, and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was awesome to hear. And
1: I'm sure we'll have him on again. Hopefully, through, yeah, halfway yeah, through the season, def- maybe. definitely we'll have him on. Look, our Rangers are still in the dumpster. Wow, what a shocker.
2: Maybe maybe we could change that up a little bit. <laughs> hopefully, maybe. But uh, uh, he was he was awesome, awesome.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, we we just found out that I've been plugging Pedro's personal Twitter account wrong. It was brutal for the past I don't know how long. Uh, it's actually at underscore Rodriguez with an S underscore 20. So with that said, you can go follow us on Twitter at drop the puck pod. You can find us on Facebook. Just search, uh, searching drop the puck podcast. You can give us a follow there. Uh, you know, we'll be, you know, making posts from there, you know, updating the fans there. Um, you can find us on our personal Twitters. I just said Pedro's, but at underscore Rodriguez with an S underscore 20. I am at JSTAR with two R's, zero two. Uh, you can go find us over on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Please give us a like, rate, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do to help us out. Uh, we're having a blast doing it. I hope you guys are having a blast listening. Uh, we truly enjoy you know, all the support. Uh, other than that, we will see you next week for the Drop the Puck Podcast, episode number 22. See you later, guys. See you, guys.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Drop the Puck Podcast with your hosts, Justin Starr and Pedro Rodriguez on Facebook and Twitter at Drop the Puck Pod. We'll catch you next time, NHL fans, on the Drop the Puck Podcast.